everybody, move your body, now do it. Here is something that's gonna make you move and groove. Hey DJ, keep playing that song all night, on and on and on. Welcome to Sup Media Reviews, the podcast that never needs spoiler alerts because it takes you back in time to relive the nostalgia of classic TV shows and films that you've probably already seen. I'm your host, Kiara, and each week I'll dive into the archives to bring you my take on movies and TV shows from at least 20 years ago. From cult classics to forgotten gems, I'll review them all and give my honest opinion on their impact and whether or not they still hold up today. Join me as we revisit the iconic characters, memorable moments, and timeless themes that made these shows and films so special. So take a break from adulting and get ready for a trip down memory lane with Sup Media Reviews. What's up, Home Slices? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Sup Media Reviews. I'm Kiara, and I'm so excited to review the 1995 film Major Pain, featuring Damon Wayans, Karen Parsons, and Orlando Brown. And today, we actually have a super special guest. I want to introduce all of you to my favorite person in the world, my husband, Calvin. Say hi, Calvin. Hello, everybody. Yes, well, welcome to my podcast. Both of us are going to share our thoughts on this amazing film. But before we do, I have to let you all know that this is actually the third time that we're reviewing this movie because we have had some severe audio issues and technical difficulties, but I'm hoping we have it figured out now and I want to do it my best. And I'm sure Calvin wants to do his best too, to put out a quality product and make this as spontaneous and as funny and as fun as, as exciting as some of those first takes. So please bear with us. But before we start talking about the film, here are actually a few fun facts about Major Pain. The first fun fact is that Deke Williams, one of the cadets, is actually Damon Wayans's nephew. His real name is Damian Wayans. And if we know anything about the Wayans family, they will definitely put their family members in a movie. Okay. And the second fun fact is that Major Payne is actually a loose remake of a 1955 movie called The Private War of Major Benson. It actually has a similar plot to this movie, and I was super surprised to learn this little tidbit. I have not seen this original movie, but I may want to watch it to see how close the plots are. Calvin, have you ever heard of this other movie before? No, I have not heard of that one yet, so I was really surprised to know they had a remake too. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. I kind of doubt that the main character in that first movie is as funny as Damon Wayans, but I'm kind of curious to watch it just to see. But if you want to check out the 1995 film Major Pain, you can watch it on Amazon Prime as of the recording of this episode. So Calvin, tell me about your personal connection to this movie. Why do you like it so much? This was a movie we would watch as kids growing up. Uh, We'd come home on the weekends and we would uh, have that playing in the background. And so it's just one of those staple movies you had growing up. And it's a really interesting story. It's really funny. They have really unique characters in this movie. And so it's really memorable. 
Yeah, yeah. For me personally, like I have a strong affinity for anything that's made by the Wayans brothers from white chicks to low down dirty shame. I feel like that family does like a really good job of creating entertaining and super funny films that have definitely had an impact on the culture. Personally, I think Damon Wayans is the funniest of the Wayans. And then right after him is their sister, Kim Wayans. Calvin, who do you think is the funniest Wayans? You know, I actually like Marlon Wayne's style of comedy, so I think he's probably going to be my favorite as far as the committee goes, but they are all really good. Yeah, they are all really good. And I will say that Marlon is one of the brothers that has actually kind of stepped off on his own more so than his brothers too. But anyways, I find that in this movie, Damon Wayans is ridiculous, but still like a good actor. I remember watching this movie a lot as a child and thinking it was really funny. So prior to watching this film to review it, I hadn't seen the movie in about 10 years. And I know it had been about that long since Calvin last saw the movie too. So it was nice to kind of look at this movie with fresh adult eyes and like, see it all over again with like a different perspective. So yeah, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this review. So of course, it's the opening scene of the movie. We hear bad to the bone Payne in the background and we see that some soldiers are in the middle of battle and Major Payne is there among other soldiers and he's kicking butt and he ends up coming across one of his troops who has been injured. Their arm is like severely injured and Major Payne asks him if he wants to know a trick to take his mind off of the pain. Calvin, can you tell us about the trick? Yeah, so he actually goes to the guy and he breaks one of his fingers and puts him in excruciating pain. And that does help with the arm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So we see already that Major Payne is like a little bit out of touch. And at the end of the scene, he ends up overtaking a bunch of the enemies at once by threatening to shoot the leader in the butt. He says something to the effect of like, I'll clean you out faster than a burrito with bad guacamole, something like that. And throughout Mm -hmm. the movie. On a Tuesday night. (laughs) But a lot of the one-liners in this movie are the most memorable. They're really hilarious. I personally don't think something like that would work when it comes to going across enemy lines. But this movie doesn't take itself too seriously, which is another thing that I really enjoy about it. So in this next scene, we see that the military is handing out promotions. And unfortunately, Major Payne is getting discharged because he was not able or he is not getting promoted to Lieutenant Colonel. And apparently there just aren't any more wars to fight. Like things are going really well. Nobody's acting up. (laughs) There's a moment of peace and they really don't need Major Payne's skills anymore. Apparently he had two chances to go up for his promotion and he didn't get the promotion either time. So yeah, he's being discharged. So he's basically obsolete. Yeah, one of the one-liners, he says, surely there's got to be somebody else left to kill. And they say, no, Major, you killed them all. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So that's just the kind of guy he is. He's been conditioned to be in the military for a long amount of time. He really enjoys it. And he does not know how to exist outside of that type of environment. So much so that we see him struggling mentally from all of the missing action. 
and he's in his apartment. It's like a little one bedroom apartment. It's pretty dirty. <laughs> he doesn't have like a lot of possessions and he's losing it. He's like trying to do like some of his military moves. He ends up falling into his blinds from doing some of like the kicks and punches, which I thought was really hilarious. He kills a rat so he can eat it just so he can feel the thrill of yeah. like being out there and not having a lot of resources and getting to kill something. He's literally trying not to go crazy in his room. And while struggling mentally should not be funny, Damon Wayans makes it funny in this moment. So in the next scene, we see that like a lot of people in the military, Major Payne's next career move or his next desired career move is to become a police officer. And so during this interview, they actually do this kind of like immersive interview where he is acting as a police officer who is responding to a fake dramatized call about domestic abuse. And so there's a lady there and a man there and he is acting as if he's been dispatched to this call about the man hitting his wife and his instructions are to neutralize the situation <laughs> so Calvin how does Major Payne neutralize the situation so he goes over he takes the husband and he actually smacks him he smacks him like five or six times and then they have to get the other officers who are there in the training to pull him off of the husband and then they end up putting him in jail <laughs> <laughs> yes so yeah, he ends up in jail and this is just one week after he was discharged from the military. So he's not adjusting to real life so good. And now he has an assault charge. So maybe being a police officer is kind of out of the question. <laughs> but the guy who was in charge of the promotions, I don't know that they ever gave him a title or a name, but he comes and he finds him and he actually tells Major Payne that he has a new job for him. So now we see that Major Payne is back in uniform and his new job, is going to be his greatest challenge. And now he's working at a private school and we're going to find out what's going on with him. What is this new job? What is this new challenge? And so we see a cute little Orlando Brown who in this movie is named Tiger. He's running through the halls. He's afraid of something. I think he was supposed to be getting like a shot or a vaccination. Yeah, or I think something. he was getting his shots. Yeah. Yeah. And he ends up running into like literally physically running into Major Payne. And he tells Major Payne that he's scared of needles or whatever. And Major Payne is like, well, you want something to take your mind off of the pain? <laughs> he's about to do that finger trick again. But he gets stopped by a character named Emily Walburn, an attractive lady played by Karen Parsons, who is also Hillary from Fresh Prince. She's going to be the obvious love interest in this film. But interesting factoid, Calvin did not recognize her as Hillary from Fresh Prince until I pointed <laughs> Pointed it out <laughs> to him. I think it was the hair uh, for me, and so it didn't quite register. She uh, looks exactly she said the same. That, no, no. Once she said that, then it clicked for me. Karen Parsons looks exactly the same. Calvin literally did not know that this was Hillary from Fresh Prince, and that was so funny to me. Don't judge me. So yeah, so. We see that Major Payne goes to the principal's office, and this is the weirdest principal I have ever seen. He's an old white man whose office is covered in bugs, all types of bugs, and he has little magnifying glasses and things to like study the bugs and check out the bugs. It's very weird. And basically, we find out that Major Payne is going to be in charge of the Green Boys, also the Junior ROTC program. And the only real assignment that he gets from the principal is that 
the green boys just need to be kept out of the principal's hair. So basically do whatever you want with the program. <laughs> so Major Payne gets to do whatever he wants with the program as long as the mm-hmm. <laughs> the green boys stay out of the principal's hair. And win, I don't win. Know. Yeah, yeah, win, win. Not for the boys, but <laughs> I guess <laughs> for Major Payne and the principal. So yeah, so it's time for Major Payne to meet the boys. And this is to me when the movie becomes the most hilarious. Obviously, because of Major Payne's training and the fact that he's had 11 different deployments means that he's only been working with adults. And now he's interacting with children and trying to apply that same toughness to the kids. And it just does not come off the right way. And and a lot of times, like, it's not appropriate. So we see Major Payne interacting with the boys for the first time. We see nine boys line up in front of him. He introduces himself as Benson Winifred Payne and they boo him and he shoots like five shots into the air (laughs) to get them Mm -hmm. to stop laughing first off that is one of the most horrifying things to me personally those were live rounds (laughs) yes because what goes up must come down and those bullets must come down at some point so never shoot bullets straight into the air people don't ever do that it's a horrible horrible safety issue okay but y'all major Payne's voice is hilarious Kelman, can you do an impression my name is major winifred benson Payne. (laughs) i am here to whip you ladies into shape Killing is my business, and business is good. I can't, I can't do the impression. I can't do the impression. Excuse me. So we see that Tiger, again, the little boy played by Orlando Brown, has to pee. But Major Payne basically threatens to rip off his wiener. Again, Tiger is like six years old. Like, why would you say that to a first grader? (laughs) But anyways, he introduces like the main conflict of the story that he is there to help them win the Virginia ROTC games that I guess happened towards the end of the school year. Tiger, of course, can't hold it anymore. And he ends up urinating on himself. And Major Payne just basically goes down the line of these boys and just starts insulting everyone. And it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like, he calls one redhead boy a freckle-faced cartoon. And then when one of the kids starts laughing, Major Payne attacks him. So the kid that was laughing is like a chunky kid named Heathcote. And he's like, you know, what's so funny? Did you find a piece of candy in your pocket? (laughs) (laughs) He calls him Doughboy. And he makes him start exercising. I think he's doing sit-ups. I don't think he was doing push-ups. But every time the boy does the exercise, when he's counting, Mm -hmm. he goes, one tubby tubby. (laughs) Two tubby tubby. <laughs> yes. It's just so rude. And eventually, lots of the kids are out there exercising to repent for their sins or f- for being disrespectful to major pain. And eventually, as he's going down the line, he finds out that one of the kids is deaf. And so he basically does this makeshift sign language and says, like, if you don't do what I tell you to, I'm going to put my foot in your behind. And the, the deaf kid responds and it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, I understand. Three or third. And so... Yeah, I don't like that. I think that might also be something that doesn't translate to today. The noise that they had the deaf kid make. (laughs) I think that that's actually offensive to deaf people. So we're not going to go there. 
Oh my yes. goodness. <laughs> but <laughs> the 10th kid shows up. He's looks like he's the oldest kid and he's the lead troublemaker. And he ends up being so disrespectful that he ends up getting everyone's head shaved. And now all the boys have no hair. They are bald and they look like Major Payne and his bald head. And he calls them his little scrotum sacks. Little scrotum sacks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so one of the students I want to point out, his name is Dotson. He's kind of like the teacher's pet slash squad leader and he has the most annoying voice in the world he's screaming all of his lines because that's what people in ROTC do to get people to do stuff and it it sounds horrible if any of you watched Bones he was like a villain in Bones like one that lasted a long time on the show maybe across multiple seasons Bones is a horrible show y'all but anyways moving on you watched it for so long we see that Emily confronts major pain again emily is the love interest and she's like why did you shave the kids ball and major pain makes a little joke and he's like the boys have to earn their due that is their hairdo and mm-hmm. he of course finds out that tiger told on him and major pain just has no sympathy for a six-year-old and emily wants major pain to apologize He basically says, I'm sorry you're a turd with no bladder control. And I'll throw you out the window. (laughs) (laughs) So we find out that he... Sorry, not sorry. Yes. We find out that he knows the exact number of people that he has trained for the military, which is 20,432 people. But Emily is saying, okay, these are children. They have special needs. There's something called positive reinforcement. Like, do you know what that is? And she basically says she wants to partner with him in the emotional development of the kids. And he's just so enamored with her and her beauty that he agrees. So sometimes, ladies, you got to use your beauty for the good of the children. <laughs> so, <of> the children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So the kids go back to their dorms, the ROTC kids, the green boys, and the kids are mad about their ball heads and they're mad about their new major. Okay. And the kids find out that they are moving from the dorms to this weird bunker. Major Payne calls it the house of pain. And it is bad. Like the beds aren't right side up. There's leaves in there. Who knows how long this bunker has been empty? Like it's a mess. Okay. And Major Payne is basically saying they need to live together. They need to become a unit. And unity is just unit without the Y. They basically Mm -hmm. complain and say that the bunker is unacceptable. And Calvin, can you remember how he punishes them? He digs holes for every one of them, buries them neck deep, so all you can see is their bald heads, and then he waters them. Yes. Yes, with just their heads showing. So it's obvious that Major Payne is like a little heavy-handed with the punishments. (laughs) And this just goes to make the children matter over time, of course. So it's the next day. Training begins, and it's an obstacle course that the kids are supposed to do, and he is barraging them with insults as they're trying to do it. Dotson, again, who the squeaky voice leader kid, is taking notes, and he's like amening on the insults. And he basically says, like, y'all are going to keep doing this obstacle course until the average time for all of you is one minute and 20 seconds. And, of course, the troublemaker is like... This is not life and death. Like, this isn't serious. Like, why are you being such a stickler about this? Mm -hmm. And 
Oh, Calvin, do you remember what happens next? It was all fun and games until he pulled out the grenade. And he said, that's not a real grenade. And then, boom. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, Major Payne takes out a grenade, which scares all the other kids except the troublemaker. And then when the grenade actually goes off, like, they know Major Payne is not playing around. I don't know why they keep testing Major Payne. It feels obvious (laughs) that he's not playing around with them. But whatever. So now the kids are fed up and it's time for them to play a prank. One of the kids makes a super laxative. And (laughs) Calvin, do you remember this scene? The kids are in the cafeteria or mess Mm -hmm, hall, wherever mm -hmm. they are. And they show Major Payne eating lunch. And Major Payne opens a soda can with his finger. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. He like made a noise too. And when I say that, he didn't flip the tab. He literally like stabbed his finger. He jabbed it. Yeah, he jabbed it with his finger. Yeah, jabbed his finger into like the little opening to open it instead of using the tab. And it's so (laughs) hilarious. That's not how you open your sodas? Absolutely not. I'm not going to cut my finger (laughs) or mess up my nails. (laughs) That was so funny to me and something that, of course, I did not remember from the first movie, but that's freaking hilarious. And so the kids start enacting their plan so that they can get Major Payne to eat the super laxative. They distract Major Payne and replace the cupcake he had with a cupcake that has the laxative in the icing. Right. And so... All 10 of them get up to do this, which is weird and suspicious, but he eats the cupcake and unfortunately his superior intestinal strength results in just some stomach bubbling. <laughs> Calvin, what happens when <laughs> his stomach bubbles? So essentially it gives him bad gas, if you will. And so, you know, he turns his head and goes, huh? And then he just lets out a And so he rips one. And then, you know, the kids all look around like, that's not what was supposed to happen. And so in frustration, one of the kids actually gets up. He takes his tray and he walks past Major Payne and then he falls out like he went comatose. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Major Payne did fart when that kid was walking past him and the kid basically passes out <laughs> from the smell. But it seems like the kids can't figure out a way to win against Major Payne so far. So... Yeah, these kids really don't like him, and they're willing to put their brains together to try to figure out how to get rid of him. But they need to try a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. So in trying a little bit harder, we have what I would call one of the more or most inappropriate scenes of this (laughs) movie where they start plotting. And this plot is like, okay, we can't get rid of him by making him poop himself. So we need to frame him to the point where he has to be fired, right? And so they put the chubby kid, Heathcote, in a dress to try to get evidence on Major Payne, essentially saying that Major Payne is being abusive to the children, inappropriately abusive to the children. And And yes, yes, framing him. And I feel like this is probably the worst and part of the movie that really will not translate till today but they enter major Payne's room while he is sleeping and he sleeps with his eyes open he has trained himself to do so they think he's just like a heavy sleeper so heathcote who 
is wearing a different dress than the one they picked out for him because it was prettier than the one they picked out. He gets in the bed with Major Payne and tries to make it look like he's sleeping next to Major Payne. And then Major Payne grabs him and scares the kids. And <laughs> <laughs> they say, you got to get closer, get closer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Major Payne, of course, is awake and scares the kids. And now all of them have to run around the campus and wear dresses. Mm -hmm. And they're chanting these drills across the campus and they're really embarrassed and they're getting ridiculed by other students. And so then the counselor asks, why are they wearing dresses? Do you remember what he said? No. What did he say? It was something to the effect of they needed to earn back regular uniforms, wasn't it? Since they wanted Probably. to act like ladies? I'm not sure. But like you said, Emily confronts him again. And she ends up trying to use his whistle. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Oh. <laughs> he had a whistle around his neck and she was trying to use it to get the boys to stop running around the campus. And he was like, no, don't touch my whistle. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> don't, mm -hmm. I, don't touch my whistle. Back don't up. touch my whistle. <laughs> but what uh, Major Payne does say is that their hatred for him will bring them together and make them work together as a team. And essentially, that has already happened. These kids have worked together as a team multiple times to try to plot against him. So he's not totally wrong. So Emily gives... Major Payne, a book called The ABCs of the Loving Male Role Model. And the green boys walk back to the barracks in their dresses. Of course, they are really upset. And they start collecting funds to take out Major Payne. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they start passing the collection plate because... The, the community war chest. Yes, yes. they Because they need money in order to be able to take out Major Payne. And even Dotson... So Dotson is like the kiss up, right? He's the leader or whatever with the high voice. And Dotson didn't participate with them in the whole dress situation with Heathcote. So I guess he thought he would be immune to the punishment, but mm -hmm. he was made to run in a dress too. So Dotson was like, put me down for 40. <laughs> like Dotson is over this it. Time. Yeah. Yes, Dotson is over it. So the next scene, we see that Tiger is scared of the dark. We already know that Major Payne is not sensitive to the boys' needs. We find out that the school adopted Tiger did not know that schools could do that. But Emily and Major Payne are having... <laughs> A discussion about Tiger and how insensitive Major Payne is being towards him. And Major Payne says something very inappropriate and basically says, well, if you would pop your titty out of his mouth and stop babying him, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he would be tougher. <laughs> First off, what did you I, say? <laughs> First off, I hate that word. I hate that word. It sounds so bad. It doesn't even sound good rolling off the tongue. Titty ill. <laughs> it's gross. But anyway, she says, first off, I'm being nurturing, right? Like I'm not babying him. I'm nurturing him. And he's like, no, you're neutering him. Mm. So she calls him a bunch of names like sadistic, egomaniacal, psychopath, and frigid. And the only one he takes umbrage with is frigid. And so Tiger comes back because the man in the closet is back and Major Payne goes to the closet 
<laughs> Calvin, how does he take care of the guy in the closet? We gonna handle this right now. So he goes up, he takes his gun out, and he fires about five or six shots in that closet. <laughs> and then he tells uh, Tiger, he said, if he in the closet, he ain't happy. <laughs> <laughs> And so this is Major Payne's version of nurturing, I guess. And so Tiger hugs him because this is probably the first time that Major Payne has done something, I guess, nice for Tiger. And he tells Major Payne that he loves him. And then Major Payne hems the boy up. (laughs) You plotting on me, boy? (laughs) He asks Tiger if he's plotting on him. Because Major Payne is just uncomfortable with the amount of affection that Tiger is giving him. It's hilarious. And he was saying that like that hug kind of made him feel things or whatever. It was very funny. And then Emily and Major Payne have a little sexual tension moment, whatever, whatever. Again, obvious love interest, nothing super important there. So now it's time for their third plot against Major Payne. And Alex gets back from his mission And one of the boys does a silly drill when Major Payne arrives and (laughs) Major Payne catches him doing the silly drill and Major Payne (laughs) makes them do push-ups and he does his own drill and it's so funny. And he says, one. And so the boys have to do a push-up and he says, they do push Look up. Look at you. No, he's one. Don't you feel dumb? <laughs> Two. Look at you. Three. Don't ever make no jokes about me behind my back, or otherwise I'll stomp you in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he just got, he got way off of rhythm. But some big dude with head tattoos on a motorcycle shows up, and he mm. ends up challenging Major Payne to fisticuffs. What beanstalk you fall from? <laughs> Yes, he's a big guy. And so the guy punches Major Payne because he made a yo mama joke. I don't remember the joke. Do you remember the joke, Calvin? I think it was like your mama's so fat she plays pool with the planets. Okay, maybe. Okay, maybe something (laughs) like that. And so Major Payne ends up tricking him and ends up knocking him out. He says something to the effect like, I said I wouldn't hit you or something like that and ends up hitting him anyway. No, no, no. He said... I'm going to shove this size 13 in your neck or something like that. And then, so the yeah. guy, so he punches him in the stomach and the guy bends over and he says, I thought you said you were going to put your foot in my neck. And he said, you calling me a liar. <laughs> so he kicks him in the neck. <laughs> so, yeah. So, of course, Major Payne is upset. Okay. Y'all hired a hitman to come here and get me. He wants names. And... He says that they're going to do seven 23 hours days and Alex ends up speaking up and takes full responsibility so that the whole crew won't have to endure the punishment for hiring a hitman. So in that moment, because Alex stood up and took responsibility, Major Payne has decided to replace 
Dodson, who was the original squad leader, with Alex Stone, who was the troublemaker. Mm-hmm. And he basically says, if y'all win these Virginia games, the junior ROTC games, it's going to be your responsibility. And if you lose, it'll be your responsibility. It's going to be based on his leadership. And so Alex, of course, because he is a troublemaker, is like, I don't want to be a leader. And he tells Major Payne to screw himself. And Major Payne said... That he was about to be on Alex like white on rice and a glass of milk on a paper plate in a snowstorm. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> that stuff is so funny. These little one-liners are freaking hilarious. <laughs> yes. So he basically said, if you all want me gone, meet me outside the ROTC building at 2100 hours. What time is that, Calvin? Uh, it's like 9 o'clock. Yeah, 9 p.m. Yeah, y'all better learn your military time. So he says that he's basically going to give them a chance to get rid of him. They've tried at least three different ways on their own. And of course, they have not worked. So he's actually going to provide them with like a chance. Okay, so he puts them out on a black op to retrieve the Virginia Military Gains Trophy from Wellington Academy. Apparently, Wellington Academy is the previous year's champion, and I guess they win the trophy a lot. Mm -hmm. So Major Payne says if they are able to retrieve that trophy, then he'll resign. But if they fail or get caught, he's going to stick around and continue to be their major. So the kids start getting ready. They're eager for this. And Dotson says, like, I'm not coming with y'all. He's really sour about this whole situation. And he's getting his dad to pick him up. So he's taking his ball and going home. He's, I think the last draw from him was being replaced as squad leader. So unfortunately, little Tiger, because he's young, ends up getting left behind because he's too little. And he's crying and upset about being too little. And... Major Payne, of course, tells one of my favorite stories. (laughs) Major Payne asks Tiger, have you ever heard about the great stories about little people who do great things like Little Red Riding Hood or Spike Lee? (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. And so he does like a revisionist fiction story of the little engine that could. And it is hilarious. Calvin, what's the noise that it makes? Chugga, 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 cheat, cheat. Yes. <laughs> In the story, he's carrying weapons to a battalion despite the opposition. He is describing this really violent depiction of like war and stuff that's going on in the background. He mentioned someone in the story named Bubba not being able to feel his legs. And I was like, is that a Forrest Gump reference? (laughs) Like, I I couldn't figure that out. But apparently it's not a a reference from that movie. But basically he ends up having a flashback and PTSD or whatever and ends up scaring everyone, including Emily, who was actually eavesdropping by the doorway. And so once that whole scary fiasco is over, (laughs) she invites him to dinner. But Calvin, tell me about that scene. Why is that scene hilarious? The scene where she was eavesdropping on him telling the story? Oh, the story. Well, essentially, it's about a guy who was being ambushed on a train, or he had to take over a train, and he had to shoot his way out of it, 
and kill like a bunch of people. And so he was telling the story like, yeah, there's blood guts. He had to take one guy's <laughs> eyeballs out of his head. And, you know, he's telling this to like a five year old. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's funny because this is like, I guess this is about halfway into the movie and Major Payne is trying to figure out the line between being this hardened military killing machine and working with children. And so even though the act of telling a child a bedtime story is like a very caring, nurturing thing, the type of bedtime story he's telling is not appropriate. And so it's nice to see him like trying to make the transition and working his way through figuring out what's appropriate and what's not with the kids. So I really enjoy this scene. It's freaking hilarious. So in this next scene, he's having dinner with Emily at this weird place, we hear, hey, Mr. DJ playing in the background. They're at this club slash pub slash dive bar. Yeah. It really <laughs> is hard to say. This place is like the auditorium of nighttime <laughs> places. All of it. All of it. We need all the that. <laughs> yes. Like they need everything. Speaking of, back when I was in high school, I went to a high school in Houston called the DeBakey High School for Health Professions. And DeBakey was not big on sports. A school for Health Professions, it was all about getting into college. And I went there for three years, ninth through 11th grade. And I can only remember one day where I came home without homework. I had homework basically every single day. Okay. Oof. So anyways, because they weren't super into sports and space was limited, our cafeteria, auditorium, and gymnasium were all one building. So we had a cafe-gymatorium. Mm. Or I sometimes like to call it the cafe audinasium. So we had something like that in elementary school, too, but not the gym. It was just the uh, cafeteria slash auditorium. Yeah, right, right. But this particular place that they're at is the cafeteria of nighttime places because it's, <laughs> like I said, part club, part pub, part dive bar. Like, what the heck? So <laughs> anyways, hey, DJ, we can see you play him. That song? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the right <laughs> DJ song <laughs> But he, um, they sit down to have dinner and we see that Major Payne eats super fast. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's one of his weird traits or whatever. Um, Calvin eats fast too. <laughs> I understand. I work in a very fast paced environment, so you got to be able to eat and go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Emily starts talking to Major Payne. She kind of loses her appetite after watching him eat. And she says that, you know, she's happy that he's making strides, but she wants to offer a few suggestions. And she's like, uh, everything can't be about war. Okay. Like, what do you like to do for fun? And he says he likes to hang upside down and reassemble his gun. And She's like, mm, that's not really fun, <laughs> but it's fun for him. And he says, well, I do like to dance. And they get on the dance floor and they dance. And he actually is a decent dancer. He does the robot and he does other dances to two live crews. Pop that coochie. Totally inappropriate song. <laughs> Calvin, would thing- you say that... 
go ahead. I was saying, next thing you know, he's got a crowd behind him. <laughs> yes, yes. And so Emily finally joins him in the dancing, and the whole club is like bigging him up, and it's pretty cute. And Emily's doing like a little, I think Calvin called it like a 90s twerk. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> A 90s twerk situation. (laughs) And it's nice to see him have fun, like, in a different light. It was uh, really good to see him that way. And speaking of Pop That Coochie, Calvin is, I don't think this is a children's movie. I don't think this is a family movie. I think that this Uh, is... This is definitely a family movie. No, I I just think it's it's a a movie... I think it's a movie with kids in it. A risque song in there, but... Yeah, I think it's just a movie with kids (laughs) in it. I don't think it's a kid's movie, personally. (laughs) But yeah, so we flip over to the Black Op, right? Again, the kids have to go out and get this trophy so that Major Payne will leave. So Alex makes it into the area where the trophy is being held, He sees the trophy in the case and tries to pick the lock, but he ends up getting caught by a bunch of cadets who appear to be waiting for him. And their major is there as well. And we see that the rest of the green boys are getting beat up outside by the rest of the crew. And they're literally too busy getting beat up to worry about grabbing that trophy. So Mm -hmm. we flip to back to the date it's the end of the date and we find out that emily's husband left because she wanted kids and he didn't and so major Payne basically calls that man an idiot and he says like you know i never got married but i figure if the military wanted me to have a wife they would have issued me one (laughs) yes ma'am yes yeah so calvin what do you think about people getting married when they can't agree on whether or not they have kids I think that's something you definitely want to work out before you get married, because that's a a deal breaker, if you will. And so making sure you're on the same page about that before you're getting married is definitely the best situation. And if you can't come to a conclusion, I would probably recommend seeking counseling to see if you can help bridge that gap. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's very like there is kind of no gray areas. Like, do you want kids or don't you want kids? And I feel like a lot of times people are like, well, like maybe they'll change their mind or maybe they'll be around kids and start to get baby fever. And it's like, no, you can't make an assumption that people are going to change their mind about a belief that they have about something so serious as having children. So it's understandable why they ended up getting divorced. But again, this is the end of the day and Major Payne gives Emily a bullet as a gift. This bullet is from his heart, his literal heart. Like (laughs) he cut it out of his heart. (laughs) So yeah. And he, he said gave that her being a piece of him. Yes, yes. And so he said that being with her is almost as good as cleaning his gun. And they <laughs> end up kissing and saying goodnight. And for major pain, that is a one of the highest compliments, I guess, that he could pay a woman. I thought that was really cute. So the kids are back from the black op and in a surprising twist that I did not remember, it turns out that Major Payne actually set them up and made an anonymous call to Wellington Academy warning (laughs) them that the kids were on their way to try and steal the trophy. Calvin, what do you think about that? Did you remember that detail? No, I didn't, but uh, (laughs) they're going to learn the hard way. (laughs) Apparently, I didn't. 
I did not realize that he literally set them up for failure when it came to that black op. But it had he had a purpose behind it. And apparently Major Payne has a purpose behind everything that he does. Alex basically confronts Major Payne about it and being upset that they got set up. But Major Payne was just trying to foster their desire for the trophy and to win it and to work really hard so they could be good at the Virginia games. And he says, if you want it, I'll show you all how to earn it. And so apparently, again, this school is not just a private school, it's a boarding school. The students live at this school. And so Alex Stones, you know, the troublemaker kid, his dad comes to visit and it looks like none of the other kids have visitors. Like over time, we're starting to see that these children are the outcasts and have behavioral issues, which is why they have apparently been forced into the junior ROTC program. You know, one of the children is deaf, you know, um, some of these other children, like I said, have behavioral issues or whatever. And we get to see like a piece of Alex's life when his dad comes to visit. The guy is drunk and he ends up slapping Alex for sassing him. He mentions being abusive to Alex's mom. And we find out that this guy is actually only his stepfather. And Major Payne stops the stepfather from slapping Alex again. And the stepdad takes a swing and and Major Payne just starts like avoiding the swings. He's like ducking him or whatever. And Major Payne is like, I'm going to give you a chance to leave. And for the first time, Alex feels like protected. And Major Payne like understands more about why Alex is such a troubled kid. What did you think of that scene? Uh, So I thought it was kind of enlightening. You know, everybody has a... A past in the history and so sometimes we don't take that into account so i thought that was kind of eye-opening if you will insight into alex yeah yeah so next we have a training montage respect by aretha franklin is playing in the background we see that the give me kids a sample. give me a sample how, how it go what you Okay, so yeah, so it's a training montage. We see that there are obstacle courses. They're eating fast like him. They're doing target practice. They're fighting with those big Q-tips. Calvin, did we ever find out what that's called? Y'all know what I'm talking about. There's like a... No, I yeah. Like it's any... Like an, uh, I don't know if you guys remember American Gladiator, like in the 90s. But that was one of the obstacles they had to do. Yeah, there's like this Q-tip looking thing. It's big that you have to use and you fight with it and hit each other with it, whatever. I don't know. But they're fighting with the big Q-tips. We see that the deaf kid is good with handling a gun and he's doing these tricks and flips with it. And we see that Major Payne actually offers his whistle to Emily, which is, again, another kind of turnaround moment for him. And at the end of the training montage, all the boys are in uniform and they actually look really good and cleaned up. They're able to follow orders in a uniform manner. And Major Payne tells them they're no longer turds and that they've graduated to maggots. And it sounds like (laughs) the boys are ready to win these games, right? And so the general comes to visit. Again, the general was the guy who was handing out promotions. 
And apparently Major Payne is needed in Bosnia and he gets reinstated into the Marines as a Lieutenant Colonel. So he gets the promotion that he was fighting for. And basically the next day at 1600 hours, he needs to be ready for briefing. And unfortunately that's the same day as the Virginia games, the games that he's been getting these kids ready for since he got there. So now Major Payne has a dilemma. Is he going to show up for the military with his new rank and promotion or is he going to show up for the children so Alex tries to hold Major Payne accountable for them being a family but Major Payne was like nobody said families don't break up so in this moment Major Payne chooses the military over the children and decides to go fight in Bosnia and the children, of course, are upset. And so Emily confronts Major Payne about leaving. She says, the Marines are just going to use you up. And Major Payne says, these boys are making me soft. What did you think? <laughs> that I was going to marry you with a white picket fence and adopt tiger? That's not who I am. So he has this internal conflict, right? And he is feeling like being with the boys and taking care of them and being a role model for them is actually softening him up. And he doesn't like that. He enjoys the roughness and toughness of being in the military and not having to think about feelings, I guess. And so in the background, we hear Never Loved a Man, another song by Aretha. And the kids and Emily literally watch him leave. And Alex... Even though the kids are sad, he inspires the group to go to the games without Major Payne by using an imitation of Major Payne. And it is freaking hilarious. Calvin, can you do your imitation again? What are you maggots looking at? <laughs> we're going to go out here and we're going to win this game. <laughs> yeah, a little more nasally, I think you would have nailed it. But it's good. <laughs> that that imitation was hilarious to me. And so finally, it's time for the Junior ROTC Virginia Military Games. And we see that Dotson, the former squad leader of the Green Boys, has switched sides to Wellington, the um, school that is the past year's winner of the games. So we see that a lot of events are going on. And of course, like these events are happening and scores are being taken so that the top schools can like battle it out for um, the winner's position. So some of the stuff that's going on is like target practice, there's tug of war, there's the Q-tip fighting. And this is the point where we see Major Payne at the train station awaiting his train to DC for the briefing. And he takes out this rock that Tiger painted for him and he imagines his life with Emily and Tiger. And he sees this house across the street and he kind of imagines that it's his family home and they're having a barbecue and they have a dog. And suddenly these <laughs> assassins come out of nowhere and try to attack his family and he attacks them back. And it's like he gets the best of both worlds. He still gets to, you know, kill people and have the family that he wanted. And I think he was just really happy imagining his future that way. Um, and then his thoughts get interrupted as the train arrives. And I think this is when he has the change of heart. Calvin, do you think you would have a change of heart? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, who doesn't want a family and a beautiful wife in a 
cool job where you get to whip kids into shape. Sounds fun to me, as opposed to eating rats and <laughs> killing people in jungles and whatnot. <laughs> yes. So there's we're back at the races. I'm sorry. We're back at the military games, and there's a relay that involves the whole team that's multiple parts of an obstacle course across different types of terrain. And so the final leg is a foot race, and Alex Stone, who is the leader of the Green Boys, has to compete against Dotson, who's the former leader of the Green Boys. And Dotson, because he's a piece of crap, trips Alex. And so Madison Prep, which is the school that Major Payne works at, comes in second place. And Wellington comes in first place. Up until this point in the movie, y'all, this is the last like 10 minutes of the movie. I had never heard the name of this school. I don't think they mentioned Madison Prep or the name of this school since the beginning of the movie. I don't even think I read it on a sign. Why didn't we know the name of the school till this point? Um, Good question. I think that's really crazy. But anyways... <laughs> Because he was tripped, Stone actually, or Alex Stone, actually is hurt. Um, and one of the other members of the Green Boys isn't having it. Because obviously Dotson tripped him and it doesn't look like any of the adults are going to penalize him for playing dirty. So one of the Green Boys runs over and punches Dotson in the face. And the Wellington Boys and the Madison Boys start fighting. And so the Wellington commander demands that the Green Boys be disqualified. But the guy who, or the official who's over the games is like, I can only disqualify the person who started the fight. And then Major Payne shows up and sees that they're all disheveled from having this fight or whatever. And he ends up showing up for them finally. So the two top schools happen to be Wellington and Madison Prep. And basically kind of like the tiebreaker or whatever is a parade drill competition for the top two teams. So... The boys are in disarray, right? Because they've been fighting on the ground, tussling with these other boys. They got cuts and bruises and whatnot. And they're like, why did you even come back, Major Payne? Like, what's going on with you? <laughs> right. <laughs> do you, like, why are you here? And we didn't already got our says? teeth kicked in. <laughs> right, right. We didn't already got beat up. Alex is injured. He can't walk because Dawson want to be a little loser. And... Do you remember what Major Payne says about why he came back? No. What did he say? Maybe I like you. <laughs> and then Emily's like, oh, only like? Maybe I like you a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's like, just a lot. And he's like, don't push it, woman. <laughs> yeah. And so... Alex, as the squad leader, was supposed to lead the drill, but because he is injured, he can't. And Major Payne calls an audible and says that Little Tiger should lead the drill. Again, little six-year-old Tiger, right? And he's like, you're going to get your chance to shine because you know this drill backwards and forwards. You've been watching yeah. us do it. You know this. I know you can handle this. So he shows a little faith in Tiger. And of course, Tiger is scared. Like, are you kidding? It's a big audience. It's a, you know, a drill where he has to command all of his fellow squad members or whatever. And do you remember how <laughs> Major Payne inspires him to do it? No, no, no. How did he inspire him? Two, two. 
So he's basically telling him, remember that small people can accomplish big things, right? And mm-hmm. so it's time for the drill to happen. And the people who are in the audience are laughing at the six-year-old and how small he is. And so they end up doing this hip-hop-inspired drill. And they are like in step and they're like in sync with each other. And the crowd is loving it. Mm-hmm. And you can see the judges under the table. They're all tapping their feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like super into it. And you can tell that this is a non-conventional parade drill for the Virginia games or whatever. And so they're doing really well. We see that the that Cadet Fox is blindfolded and he's like spinning the crap out of a gun. And then he takes his blindfold off and throws it in the air. And then they start hyping up Tiger. Do that. Do that. Get down. Yeah. Do that. Do that. Get down. <laughs> it is so cute. And then of course Tiger does his little like Michael Jackson finish where he screams, oh like and does a little Michael Jackson dance or whatever <laughs> and it is just so cute they did a great job it's actually one of my favorite parts of the movie and I could watch that part just over and over again do that do that get, get down, down. Do that. <laughs> it's so funny and so the scene cuts away and it's three months later and we see that in their trophy case, Madison Prep actually has two trophies. One mm-hmm. for winning the Virginia Games and the second one for Alex, who got a special trophy for being an outstanding cadet. So yeah. that was really nice to see. So, yeah, it's a new school year and there's a new influx of misfits in the junior ROTC program. (laughs) And we start the introductions all over again from basically the same point that we were, I'm assuming, just a year ago. And so things are a little bit different because Major Payne is saying things like, we're a family and I'd like for you to think of me as your friend. And there's a blind student who has a seeing eye dog and (laughs) Major Payne calls the dog Cujo. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Major Payne calls the dog Cujo for barking at him or whatever. The dog wasn't very friendly. And Calvin, do you know what he said to the dog? And the blind kid? No, but I know they were mouthing off, and he ended up shaving both of them ball. <laughs> well, he was saying they had a little attitudinal problem yeah. that needed to be adjusted. <laughs> they needed some attitudinal adjustments. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a word, but it is hilarious. You got a little attitudinal problem that needs some adjustment. And so he tells Tiger to get his field knife, and everyone gets a shave, including the dog. And the movie ends with Major Payne laughing maniacally so that's the end of the movie what a wild ride yeah that's a funny one yes it's freaking hilarious so calvin what are your final thoughts on major pain is the movie worth a rewatch and does it hold up today absolutely i think it's just a good comical piece that has a really good happy ending to it and so if you've seen it before i think you will definitely enjoy rewatching it again if you haven't seen it at all you will definitely be in for a treat and i think you should definitely give it a look 
Yes, absolutely. I agree. I definitely think it's worth a rewatch. And like I said earlier, I hadn't watched it in years and I was still cracking up at all of the funny one-liners and watching this like crazy marine killing machine adjusting to working with children. Like I think the movie holds up really well. Um, Even though the movie is almost 30 years old, I don't remember there being any jokes or scenes that were particularly out of touch or like so in the moment that you would get it now if you rewatch the movies. The only exception to that is that they tried to frame him for sexual assault. And also he made them wear dresses around the campus. Those two (laughs) things I feel like probably would not fly today. But I found the movie to be really hilarious. And there was a standout performance by little Orlando Brown who played Tiger. He had a great career as a kid actor. And then he proceeded to develop some issues as an adult. And he's still kind of, you know, a part of our social consciousness now. He was recently on a, a show called Bad Boys, I think. I'm like bad boys of Los Angeles or something like that. So he has his own stuff going on. So of course, we absolutely wish him the best. But Calvin, can you guess what two scores Major Payne received from the critics and regular folks over at Rotten Tomatoes? Okay, so for the regular folks, I want to say 85%. Okay, what about from the critics? The critics, I'm going to say 72 because they don't know any better. Okay, well, they are worse, Calvin. The movie actually received 29% from the critics and 68% from regular people. When was this rated? I don't know. I don't know what the time limit is. Rotten Tomatoes wasn't around back when this movie came out. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you you go back for the time period it actually came out, this was a fantastic movie in its era. And it's still a fantastic movie, actually. Absolutely. Like, I don't know what's wrong with the world. I don't know what's wrong with these people. This is part of one of the reasons why I wanted to do my own movie reviews, because people are stupid. And sometimes you can't trust their recommendations. You all, Never trust the hilarious. internet. <laughs> yes, this movie is hilarious. And you should definitely watch it. Okay. So Calvin, do you have any other final thoughts on the movie? Uh, so whenever you're feeling down, or you're in extreme pain, you think of major pain, and he'll help take your mind off the pain. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you all so much for listening to our review of Major Pain. I want to say thank you to the most wonderful, kind, and patient husband in the world, my guest for today, Calvin. Yeah, you're next- very welcome, hon. This was oh, like yes. 58 takes, you guys. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm praying to sweet baby Jesus that this is the last take of us reviewing this movie because it has actually been quite frustrating. But it has also been really wonderful because I loved talking to my husband. And this movie is actually really (laughs) a really fun watch. If we had watched like 12 Years a Slave and we're trying to review this movie, I would have hated it. So I'm glad that it was at least a fun movie to review while we had all these technical difficulties. I agree. So, yes. Thanks again, Calvin. So in this next... Oh, well, dang. Okay. So in the next, (laughs) the next episode of Submedia Reviews is being released on July 4th. And I'll be reviewing the 1996 hit movie Independence Day featuring Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, and Vivica A. Fox. Peace out. Be there or be square.
Thanks for listening to Sub Media Reviews. I hope you enjoyed our trip down memory lane just as much as I did. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows you'd like me to review next, or if you just want to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest at Sub Media Reviews and on SubMediaReviews.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps me improve the show and spread the word to new listeners. So until next time, peace out, Home Slices.